back to Quacksmack. Matt Yuritsky here, and I believe we do have Blake Neiman on the line. Blake, are you with me? I'm here tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, you know, Blake, you're from Oregon, and you know, I'm excited to go down to Arizona this weekend, mainly because of the weather. Can you just give me some positive news? Is the weather great in Tempe this time of year? Oh, it is fantastic. It never gets cold here in Tempe. It's like 80 degrees. The record heat has finally come down from the heavens, so um, it's, a, it's a good time. And uh, ASU got a pretty crazy win over UCLA on the road in the Rose Bowl. That was unexpected, a little swinging gate action. Um, but it's definitely going to be tough to do that against the, the high-flying Ducks. I know you guys are on a roll. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a great year for Oregon, but a big win for you guys in that game against UCLA. Can you just talk a little bit about that game and what went well for the Sun Devils? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kenny Dillingham, your uh, Oregon's former OC, certainly had to get creative um, given the quarterback situation. Just with It started with Jaden Rashada, then it went to Drew Pine, then both of them got hurt. Then Trenton Borgay went down with an injury. Jacob Conover had to come into that game against Utah. He didn't provide anything um, as super productive. So then Trenton Borgay got back healthy, but then they went to the second and third string of Scadaboo and uh, um, Jalen Conyers. And so they had to kind of mix things up, get a bunch of different looks. And, you know, it, it certainly threw Chip Kelly off in a way. And uh, they were able to, you know, probably have one of their best offensive marches in a while this season, especially coming off that brutal loss to Utah. Um, but really, this, the standout thing for ASU all season this year has been the defense under new defense coordinator Brian Ward. He came, he was the D.C. at Wazoo last year, and he's done a fabulous job with this defense um, despite all the, you know, the circumstances of this program and the bull ban and all this thing. Um, Brian Ward's really established an elite defensive culture. He just got his contract extended, too. Um, but they, they had four um, – fourth down stops against UCLA, including two in the red zone. So definitely watch out for um, that defensive line of ASU, Deshaun Mallory, Clayton Smith, B.J. Green. Those guys will be tough up front and definitely challenge Oregon for sure. Absolutely, and you know how much Oregon loves to go for it on fourth down. So it's probably going to oh, be yeah. one of those battles, a really exciting and one. Kenny, Kenny Dillingham took a page out of that playbook for, from Dan Lanning for sure, too. He definitely is a guy who likes to risk it to get the biscuit on fourth down. I know, both those guys so aggressive. Just talk a little bit about <laughs> Kenny Dillingham and his relationship with Dan Lanning. What has he said about Dan Lanning and Bo Nix, for that matter, uh, this week in the media? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, a big comment that he had that was um, pretty interesting on Monday um, during his weekly presser was that he said this is the best Oregon's offense has been since the Chip Kelly and Marcus Mariota era, and he said it's even better than when he was there last year. So he's a... Uh, you know, taking a piece of humble pie in that way of just like um, this Oregon offense is is very very good and is, is has gotten even better without me. And he also um, said about this like working with Landing specifically that um, we know Coach Landing is a uh, defensive minded coach, and uh, Dillingham said like that he's learned a lot about install days, um, formations and motions with the defense and how that all works. And that's also that's helped him prepare on both sides of the ball, but also helped him, you know, just offensively understanding defensive scheme a little bit better. Um, but he, he's definitely he's telling us today, like he has so many Dan Lanning stories he could tell, but he didn't tell us any. Um, but he uh, he was a high school coach 
and while uh, Dan Lanning was a GA here at ASU. So um, definitely a long-time connection. They had some connections at Memphis, but he's just uh, really appreciative of him and respects him a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, the two of them kind of like siblings in a sense. Like, they were really close here at Oregon. Uh, Dan Lanning's talked yeah. about how he's kind of like Kenny Dillingham's kind of that little brother, and he still wants to whoop him on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Dillingham said he's been in contact with Lanning, or I think I think it was Lanning. I was watching Lanning's presser the other day. He he said he's been in contact with Dillingham. Will probably be in a little bit less contact this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what has Dillingham said about his relationship with Bo Nix? Yeah. Oh man, he 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 could go on all day about Bo Nix, but the most interesting of comments um, that I picked up on was he said, quote, um, he's married, but if he wasn't married, you would want your daughter to marry him. <laughs> he is that type of person. I mean, that just speaks volumes of uh, Bo Nix, and he, he said he's had the like quickest release um, to catch ratio in college football and just how, um, and I think Dan Lanning was talking about like how Bo has just progressed on his own and Kenny Dillingham feels the same way. Like he didn't want to take much credit for like Bo's development. Like it has been all Bo and his independence and his drive to get better every day. Um, and just has a lot of great things to say about him and how he has stepped it up this season. And he believes Kenny Dillingham believes he's the Heisman front runner. So, um, that that pretty much sums it up to there. You know, I, I agree with Kenny Dillingham. I think that Bo Nix is probably the Heisman front runner, runner at this point. Uh, you know, let's flip, flip, flip sides. You know, Arizona State, obviously a lot of quarterbacks rotating in and out. I saw reports today that Jaden Rashada was practicing today. Do you expect Rashada to be the starter on Saturday? Um, it, It's obviously to be determined, but just from being around the team um, a whole lot, I wouldn't suspect that um, Dillingham would throw um, Rashada coming off this injury into a gauntlet like Oregon and for, for his first game back. Trenton Borgay, granted, you know, he hasn't always been the most electrifying quarterback. He was the last guy to beat Washington um, last year. So he, and he he's shown he can win against UCLA. He's led ASU to um, – there are two Pac-12 victories this year over UCLA and Wazoo, and he's, he, he fits well into the system. So I think it's just going to be a redshirt gear for Rashada. I wouldn't suspect him to start. I, I still think it's likely to be Trenton Borgate this week. Gotcha, gotcha. I was really curious to see what your opinion was and just being around the program. Um you know, maybe yeah. you could throw Cameron Scadaboo out there. I mean, he had that 25-yard touchdown. I mean, pass. you never know with Scat. I mean, he is just uh, – he's a jack-of-all-trades. Like, we saw Jack Coletto down at Oregon State win the Paul Horning Award last year. I mean, I think this is Cameron Scadaboo to lose. This guy can do it all. Like, he – Arizona State had a weird punting situation earlier this year where their starting punter was hurt, and they literally just punted with Scadaboo. And they still punt with Scadaboo. It's like a – just drop kick formation and he he that dude can boot it like 50 plus it's crazy and like they uh his teammates were telling me um that he he was throwing like 60 yard bombs in practice this guy's <laughs> just he, he's something else man man what an addition to your team you know earlier this year bo Nix punted a ball inside the five yard line and it was like a... are you serious yes oh yeah i i think i remember seeing that 
I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, we were like, you know, he can do it all. We were like, give him the Ray Guy Award. <laughs> it was like his 13th career punt. <laughs> but, like, honestly, like, you know, it's great to have a guy like that, especially in those awkward field situations where it's maybe a little bit too far to kick the field goal. Uh, but at the same time, like if you put your punter out there, he's probably going to boot it into the end zone. And so it's nice to have another option to try to get it inside the 10 yard line. Uh, can, can you just talk about the environment right now? Obviously you come off that big win against UCLA, uh, Ray Anderson resigns. Like is, is the vibes around campus right now, pretty positive going into this week? Yeah. So the whole Ray Anderson thing, um, his resignation was very, um, we knew it was going to be coming in the coming weeks. We just didn't expect it to be today. So, or on Monday, I should say. It was on Monday when he announced his resignation. And it was interesting timing because it was right before we were talking to the head football coach and the head baseball coach. So that was interesting timing. Um, but yeah, so vibes are pretty high as far as Sun Devil fans go. I mean, there was a record uh, investment into the NIL collective, the Sun Angel Collective, as it's called down here, um, after Ray Anderson resigned. So that was kind of the wall holding up the floodgates of um, NIL contributions from the ASU community, and it's only continued to rise. It's just um, there just seemed to be a lot of um, dislike and uh, with, with Ray Anderson, and uh, I think just removing that piece is – his resignation kind of uh, has set a new new vibe in Tempe for sure. That's good to hear. I, you know, I've been seeing Kenny Dillingham like week in, week out, try to buy in and try to get those uh, donors to invest a little bit more, and I'm glad to see that the work's finally paying off. H- how about the culture change from last year to this year with Kenny Dillingham? I mean, has he really sparked a lot of excitement in the Valley? Oh, man, it's been a complete 360 as far as like the start of last season with Herm Edwards. I mean, I think rock bottom for ASU, maybe in program history, was that loss to Eastern Michigan against a MAC team. I mean, no other Pac-12 team in history had lost to a team from the Mid-American Conference. So um, that was that was kind of rock bottom. That ultimately led to um, Herm parting ways with the program. But it's been a complete 360 with Kenny Dillingham, just this new, lively, energetic, activate the valley, Arizona guy, bringing on an Arizona staff, it's very been like locally focused, um, like with him and just trying to get the community involved, being out there in the community. Just he's the youngest uh, Power Five head coach, and you know he's he's showing off he shows off that energy. He that dude, uh, I don't know what he runs on, but he is a ball of energy, and he brings it every single day to practice. You can see it. Um, he's very passionate about what he does and is an incredibly wise and smart guy at college football. And a lot of um, people in the community know that the the process takes time, and they they definitely want to keep Dillingham around for a long time. You definitely got got a really good coach down there at Arizona State now, and I'm really happy to see that program shifting towards the right direction. Uh, He was that same spark of energy for Oregon last year, and it's good to see that he's having that impact on Arizona State. The program should be good, especially in the market that you guys have. Uh, real quickly, uh, I only have a couple of more questions for you. Just give me your keys to success for Arizona State against Oregon. Yeah, uh, it's going to be tough um, for sure for the Sun Devils to have success against this Oregon team that um, has been virtually running on all cylinders through the Pac-12 since that Washington loss. They've been 
looking like unstoppable. Um, but I'd say probably the keys for ASU is just, again, offensively being creative because certainly Dan Lanning's going to have a hunch of what Dillingham's going to bring out there, considering he was literally just in that same system with him last year. So I'd say continue to bring that creativity offensively, give new looks that Lanning might not be expecting. Um, defensively, got to set the tone at the light of scrimmage, got to get to mix quickly. It's virtually impossible. I mean, that dude can just get it away on a dime. Um, but as much as ASU can create a blitz pressure and make Knicks uncomfortable in the pocket, that will be advantageous. Um, and then trying to contain Troy, Flank, Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson out on the edge in those one-on-one matchups and uh, trying to limit those explosive plays and create explosive plays offensively. But again, all of those are just words, and actually executing that in reality is going to be a big challenge for Arizona State. But then again, earlier this season, ASU put up an incredibly historic showing defensively against Washington. So definitely don't put anything off the table for what this defense can do to help keep this offense in the game. Absolutely. And I mean, Oregon struggled playing in Tempe historically. They've lost the last two in Tempe. The last time they won a game in Tempe was 2015 and it was a triple overtime game. So you can never count the devils out at home against the ducks. Always going to be a tough And I task. will say this, I will say this. Um, the last time these two schools met, it was like the exact same scenario. Oregon was ranked number six in the country Justin Herbert led, came down to Tempe, and suffered their first loss. And then I think uh, ultimately that, or was it their second loss? It was their second remember. loss because they lost to yeah, Auburn yeah. to start the season. Actually, Bo Nix had the first. Yeah, that win was Bo Yes, that was Bo Nix's freshman year. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was Bo Nix's freshman year. He beat Oregon that year, and then ASU handed them the second loss, and then Oregon won the Pac-12 championship that year. To I think knock utah out of potentially getting in the playoffs yep it was something it was something like that yeah so it, i talked to Trent bargay today uh, ironically about that game he was a true freshman that year too and he was just so it's kind of just a full circle moment this week with uh that last meeting yeah no it is and you know that was kind of also uh, if like jane rashada did play then it was like oh no arizona state's gonna throw out a highly talented uh, recruit who is in his freshman year and could he take down Oregon in the second last week of the season? And so duck fans are going through some PTSD of that 2019 season. Definitely a tough yeah, loss. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, man. He yeah. was, uh, he was, uh, he's doing some good things at LSU now too. Yeah. So and, it, and it's funny too, cause they talk about how Bo Nix is so old. Well, Jaden Daniels literally threw two touchdown passes to Brandon Ayuk in that game. And Brandon Ayuk has been in the <laughs> NFL for several seasons. So it's, <laughs> exactly. It's the same exactly. thing. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. One last question that I do have for you is it's a big week for the Ducks in the desert. Women's basketball plays GCU on Thursday. Volleyball yeah. plays yeah, yeah, on yeah. Friday and Sunday in Arizona. But, you know, for these Duck fans like myself traveling down to Tempe, where should we go eat? Oh, go to eat in Tempe. Um, I'd say, bur like, Burrito Express is kind of the staple um, just as far as, like, if you're looking for something for breakfast and something like that. Um, I live in Phoenix, which is where the school is, so I'm not too familiar with all the other spots, but I know that Burrito Express is definitely one to hit. Gotcha, gotcha. What about Phoenix? Any any good recommendations in Phoenix? Oh, Phoenix. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, the, what place is it? 
Uh, I forget. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of good places in Phoenix, but there's this one taco place that's really good. Um, but yeah, the, the, you'll, you'll, Phoenix in just the Phoenix metro area, Tempe, it's not too hard to find good food down here. It's a very foody spot. I will say this about ASU Volleyball. This has been a very fun season for them. Um, I wasn't expecting um, them to perform like this uh, on this level. I mean, they went up to Eugene and swept the Ducks earlier this yep. year. And so, Stanford. Yeah, and they swept Stanford at home, which was unbelievable. So this is going to be a very touted matchup down here this weekend. So I'm pretty pumped to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm very excited, too. Uh, Oregon, of course, looking for revenge against Arizona State on Friday. I'll be down there uh, calling the match. Maybe I'll see you there. But really excited to get down to uh, the desert. And thank you so much for coming on today and talking some Arizona State and Oregon sports. Of course, Knight. You have a good one, man. Take care. That was Blake Neiman from Arizona State. Uh, put him on the spot there with food, and he didn't give me a good recommendation. I was really hoping that he was going to help the Duck fans out there, uh, but a really fun time talking with Blake Neiman from Cronkite Sports. Uh, me and him go back to the West Coast League this summer. He was broadcasting for the Band Elks. He's from Philomath, just outside of Corvallis, but he goes to Arizona State, and we're happy to have him here today on Quack Smack. And with that, we'll step aside for another break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more Oregon sports. Starting with some Oregon football here on 88.1. 